Hey guys, welcome to Animal Kingdom Animated. It's Haley. This week we are going to be talking about Bambi as well as Bambi 2. I'm going just a tad bit out of order this week, but that is because Bambi 2, there are almost the exact same animals or characters that are in Bambi. So I'm just going to be clumping them together for this week's episode with a bunch of the others. I might not put them together. I might do separate ones for the first and then second movie. But you can tell that the animation between Snow White and the Seven Dwarf is Bambi. They use a lot of really similar animation techniques. During the production or animation of Bambi, the artist that were in charge of creating the characters and stuff, attended lectures, zoos, and watched nature films and nature shots to make the characters as realistic as, as possible. Uh, I think they show this in one of the bonus materials in the Bambi DVD, but they had two fawns visit the studio to help along with animation as well. So Walt was super into making sure the animation of the animals was as accurate as possible and went to such lengths as to literally bring real animals into the studio to help them with the animation process, which is pretty awesome. Uh, at the end of the animation, Walt was extremely impressed with his outcome. His quote was, fellas, this stuff is pure gold, which I love because Bambi has been a top favorite of mine since I was a little kid. So I can agree with that. It's pretty... Uh, pretty golden-like. Now Bambi is one of the... Oh, blip, blip. So now Bambi is universally regarded as one of Walt's most charming films, which I can agree on. It received an Academy Award nomination for the best song, Love is a Song, and best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture. It's about 70 minutes length it is a 70-minute length feature. It is the last animated film to have a reissue, which was in 1966, during Walt's lifetime. So shortly after that reissue, Walt unfortunately did pass. It was initially released in the middle of World War II, so those initial profits that were made when this movie was released were pretty low. Um, but as Bambi gained more popularity, obviously it made more of a profit over the years and rose in popularity. So I'm going to start with the general information from Bambi, and then I am going to go on to the Bambi 2 information, and then we're going to go into talk, talking about the animals that you see in both of those films. It was released August in 1942, Official release date, not or unknown right now because I can't get a definite one. It's either the 13th or the 21st. Um, oh my gosh, I can't read. This film had been put into production when Snow White was winding down. So when they were finishing up Snow White, they actually started the Bambi production and then... Due to various circumstances, they had to slow down the production um, and then eventually picked it back up later. Okay, so for Bambi, I have found two different release dates for Bambi. The first one is according to D23, which I... What? I'm sorry. Do you want to do the podcast with me? Come here. Oh, get up here. What? What? Come here! 
my dogs. I had my hand down and she completely like jumped into my hand. What do you want? Are we just going to wiggle around? What? I'm doing a podcast. Okay, we're just going to dance around mom. Okay. So I'm going to go back to this. <laughs> okay. Just stared at me. All right. Um, so I have found two different um, release dates for Bambi. The first one is August 13th, and that's according to D23. But then there's another one that I found that says it was released August 21st. But they're both released 1942, and they're both in August. So it's definitely in August of 1942. Let's see what IMDb says. And I couldn't get a for sure thing on it, so I didn't know what to put, and I just totally spaced it. Um, stop fucking with my blinds. During the animation, Disney actually changed Bambi from a roe deer to a mule deer. So if you remember back in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, I talked about the deer, which was the roe deer. Um, and I said that the roe deer was actually Bambi, which technically it was, not a lie. But eventually he changed the um, inspiration from a roe deer to mule deer because they took a lot of their... Um, inspiration from uh Maine and Vermont and a lot of those woodsy areas and rodeo aren't native to Maine or Vermont nor at all in the U.S. so he changed it to a mule deer which is native to Maine in June of 2008 the American Film Institute presented the 10 top 10 list of films and baby bam baby wow bambi made this is why i need more coffee guys because i cannot talk um and bambi made third in animation on that top 10 list in animation which is pretty awesome in december of 2011 it was added to the national film registry guys it is so nice outside today like i have had the air off all day and I've just had the windows open, and it has just been beautiful. And it's like kind of raining outside, and it's ah, oh, it's just very relaxing, which is very different for Florida, because normally it's like 85 degrees outside, and it feels like it's 102 because the humidity is about 80 percent. It's just terrible. Um, kind of like last week with Dumbo how Disney was asked to expand Dumbo by 10 minutes Disney actually had to cut 12 minutes from Bambi to save production costs due to World War II so he had this huge plan and then he realized um, he was going way over budget like way way over budget um, and he actually had to cut 12 minutes to save some production costs because they were still in the middle of World War II um, their 75th anniversary was in 2017, so if I can do math right, that means it's their 77th, it was at least their 77th anniversary this year, It's pretty awesome. Uh, soon after 
the release of Bambi, Disney allowed Bambi to be in the fire prevention campaigns for a brief period of time, but eventually replaced Bambi and his forest friends with Smokey the Bear. So if you guys have ever seen those old um, fire prevention posters, those super old ones, yes, that is Bambi on those posters. Uh, Disney did allow for that to happen for a short period of time, but then eventually changed the uh, mascot to Smokey the Bear. Uh, Bambi was also recognized for its eloquent message of nature conservation, so that's also part of the reason why Disney allowed Bambi to be in that fire prevention was to help raise awareness of some of those forest animals like we are going to talk about here in a minute or two. And then another cool thing about Disney is that the animation from Disney has been used, reused in several other Disney films, including but not limited to The Fox and the Hound, The Sword and the Stone, and The Jungle Book. So those um, simple animations that make the animals move have been used in those movies, which is pretty cool. And they actually reuse animations a lot. So in Beauty and the Beast, they use that in Sleeping Beauty and all probably share that again when I do uh I actually don't know if I'm doing any of those movies but fun fact about that so now information about Bambi 2 it was released February 7th 2006 it come it came straight out to DVD um or a video but there were some countries that did do a theatrical release it is meant to be what's called a midquel, and so it takes place during the middle of Bambi, and it's how he grows up, so that scene where uh, he runs into the forest, and it's the dead of winter, and Bambi's looking for his mom, uh, and then the great prince comes by, and he's like, your mom's not here anymore, and then it cuts to springtime years later, and Bambi, Thumper, and Flower all find each other again, and they're all grown up, uh, Bambi 2 is meant to take place in that cut to see how Bambi grows up and becomes that young duck, young buck that he is. Bambi 2 is about 73-minute feature. It sold 2.6 million DVDs within the first week of release within the U.S. It won an Annie Award for the Best Home Entertainment Production at the 34th Ceremony. And it is considered to hold the record for the longest period of time between a sequel and its predecessor. And uh, Bambi 2 gapped 46 years. The previously held record was Wizard of Oz and Return to Oz from 1939 to 1985. And I did not do that math, so I don't know how many years it was, but it's less than 46 years. <laughs> Can bet you. Um, Bambi 2 was originally named Bambi and the Great Prince of the Forest. And just a fun fact about Bambi 2, that in Bambi 2, Thumper is only down to four sisters. And in the original movie, he had five. So there's some speculation as to what happened with that fifth bunny sister. And I couldn't find anything on that. And I didn't look too much into detail on that either.
the most you see all of these animals is in the beginning, and then they focus more on the three main characters throughout the rest of the movie. But the animals that you see are owls, squirrels, chipmunks, or an owl, a squirrel, a chipmunk, a bunch of different colors of birds. There's a mouse. There's obviously bunnies or rabbits, which is Thumper. There's a beaver. There's some quails. There's a raccoon. There's deer, Bambi. There's a groundhog. There's some butterflies. There's an, a there's a possum. There's the skunk, which is flower, and there's some ducks. But the three main ones that I'll be focusing on in the first Bambi movie is Bambi, Flower, and Thumper, which is the deer, skunk, and rabbit. And then in Bambi 2, again, you see a lot of those same characters returning. So you see, obviously, Bamber, Bambi, Thumper, and Flower returning. You also see Owl returning, Friend Owl. You see fish, gophers, uh, mouse, raccoons. Again, a bunch of those different associated birds, a beaver, uh, a flying squirrel, the chipmunk, otters, geese, the squirrel, the groundhog again, a porcupine, and a turtle. There's a lot of animals, a lot of forest animals here. All right, so now we are going to talk about the animals that you see in Bambi and Bambi 2, and then I'm going to be talking about the three main characters that you see in the movie. Not to give it away, but that's who it is, or that's who I'm focusing on. So in Bambi 1, there's a bunch of movie characters that you see. Um, it's more so in the morning and then, or in the beginning, in the morning. This is why I grabbed my coffee, guys. So I am going to start with the main character, who is Bambi. And he is, like I said, Bambi, or... Disney switched him from a roe deer to a mule deer. So mule deer are common throughout the western U.S. apparently as well as up in Maine. They get their name from their really large ears which are more so mule-like. <clears throat> they are longer than their cousins the white-tailed deer and they have a black-tipped white tail and a white patch on the rump. They are about three feet at the shoulder and weigh about 100 to 300 pounds. They are social animals that live in groups. Um, the bucks or the male deers will either group together or live alone solitarily, which is how you see the uh, great prince of the forest living. He's living alone. <clears throat> and then you see that group of younger bucks prancing through the meadow when... Bambi is doing his first visit out there. They are mating season. This is a fun fact that I found because I didn't know anything about this either. Their mating season is called rut. And males often don't make it to the spring after their rut. Uh, and it's because they have spent too much energy and exhausted all of their energy during the rut. <laughs> Do you want something, my dog? Can I assist you in any way besides me? These are supposed to be like noise-canceling headphones, and I can still hear you complaining over there on the couch. Mule um, deers commonly browse on shrubs, trees, occasional grasses, and what's called forbs or weeds. And according to a study done, about 73% of their diet is shrubs, and 26 of that is broad-leaved herbs. 
Every time it rains, she's like, mom, I need to go outside. And I'm like, no, it's wet. Your paws are going to get wet. And then you're going to go jump all over my couch and get my wet, my couch all wet and soggy and shitty. She's like, mom, but I need to go outside like now. Isn't that right? <laughs> no. Okay. Back to my podcast. You've interrupted me twice now. Um, they're, the mule deer's gestation period is about six to seven months, and they have about either one to two fawns spring or early summer, which is when you see Bambi born, as well as Bambi's twins, or two fawns, uh, born in the second movie as well. Um, mule deers commonly live about nine to 11 years in the wild, but they can live longer in human care. Urbanization has taken its toll on the species. In 1913, a hunting ban was put into effect in Colorado because of the scarcity of the species. Uh, And due to that protection, I guess, act, in 1930, there was an estimated 2,500 that roamed the Rocky Mountain National Park due to that protection of the species, which is pretty important. Uh, These guys... Are <laughs> relatively important in wildlife food webs. They are prey to mountain lions, coyotes, and bobcats. Um, but they help to keep keep those grasslands and wooded areas maintained. And a lot of times, they will fall prey to the automobile uh, pretty regularly every year as well. Because again, urbanization is spreading and going into those areas where mule deer's inhabit. Some cool things about these guys is that they can actually see 310 degrees. They have pretty good nighttime vision, but they have not as well daytime and color vision, which is, I guess, pretty important. Uh, According to some studies, they say that mule deer, a mule deer's smell is a thousand times greater than a human's. They state that they that mule deers can sense a human up to a half mile away and they can sense water up to two feet below the ground, which I think the whole sensing the water below ground is way cooler than sensing a human about a half a mile away because sometimes you humans, you stink. (laughs) And then we actually see this in Bambi, this really cool thing. Uh, When they are frightened, they do what's called stotting or they stot, which is where they... um, push all four hooves off the ground simultaneously. So in that scene where Bambi is at the meadow and he meets Feline and they're playing around and then they see those male deer come in, those uh, that group of bucks come in, and they're all doing what's called that stotting. I don't know if that's because they were frightened or not, um, but then you see Bambi start to imitate that and stot where he's pushing all hooves off the ground simultaneously. And apparently when they do this stotting, they can jump up to two feet and they can jump as far as 15 feet when they're stotting, which is pretty impressive. All right, so the next character I am going to talk about from the movie is Flower, who is a main skunk, which is pretty much just a striped skunk. I don't know how many different species of skunks there are, but they are spread out. I didn't look that up either. I just looked at the skunks that live up in Maine. 
Silver, talk about those. They're striped. They are about the size of a domestic cat, so they can be from 22 to 32 inches, including the tail. They are all black with two white stripes going down their back. They like to reside in open fields, pastures, and croplands near bushy fence rows, rock outcroppings, and bushy ruins. And when you find them in suburban areas, they like to um, live particularly near open sources of water. They are nocturnal and pretty mild-tempered. Um, they only defend when they feel cornered or attacked, which is what almost every animal is going to do. They are apparently very beneficial to farmers, gardeners, and landowners because they feed on the agricultural and garden pests such as mice, bulls, moles, rats, the birds and their eggs, carrion, grasshoppers, wasps, bees, crickets, beetles, the beetles larvae, as well as fruits, nuts, garden crops, and then since they're here in the suburban areas, garbage, sometimes bird seed, and pet food. Even though a lot of people do try to grab them as babies, it is illegal to keep skunks as pets as cute as they are when they're little. It's illegal. Don't do it. Uh, they will mainly also dig to find their food, so like the mice and the voles and the moles, commonly underground. Uh, they use dens for resting, hiding, and raising their young. They actually do not hibernate, so you see that in the movie in Bambi where it's winter time and they go out to play on the ice and then they go to flower and they ask him about whether or not he's hibernating. And it's because he's Earth. They're like, what are you doing, Flower? And he goes, I'm hibernating. It's what us skunks do in the winter. They actually do not hibernate. What they will actually just do is lower their body temperature. They breed from February through April. In late April into May, they can give birth to up to six to seven young. At three months, the skunks are mostly full-grown and independent, which is ridiculous. Uh, they only live about three to four years in the wild. They are prey to things like coyotes again, foxes, bobcats, and owls. In domestic or more urban areas, they are prey to dogs, cats, trappings, shootings, farm chemicals, as well as farm machinery. They have relatively poor eyesight, so they can't see very well. They do have a powerful spray defense. You've probably smelled it before. It does not smell good. When I was doing research on this, uh, and they had the section on their spray defense and everything, they actually did say that very few people do find it pleasant and uh, good smelling their spray is, which I do not agree with. I find it relatively pungent. Um, not too bad, though. It just depends on how close I am to the area. Um, but the odor can persist for weeks, and it can be and it can be detected for more than a mile away. So obviously, the closer you are, probably the more pungent it is. You can sm still smell their spray up to at least a mile away. And they will stay inside in those dens during extreme cold. 
times and then they will plug the entrance as an extra boost of insulation from the frigid cold. Um, so along still with their spray defense, the young are more likely to spray than the uh, older skunks are. And on a still day, so like when it's not super windy, uh, skunks can apparently discharge their musk or their spray up to 12 feet. <laughs> uh, and then when it's windy, they can still discharge their musk and it can go up to eight feet downwind, which is kind of crazy. Reacting, there we go, reacting to one another. Uh, and then you're going to want to lather it on the body and then you're going to want to leave it on for 30 minutes and then follow that with a hot shower. They can actually only fire eight, five to eight times or discharge their spray five to eight times before having to wait to reload and it takes about a week for them to reload that spray defense. So they're going to save it for the times where they really do actually need it. So they're not just going to walk up on you when you're walking down the street and like <laughs> spray you. Because <laughs> that might have been their last time. And then they'd have to wait a week for their defense, which they're not going to want to do. Uh, so the last part of this is I'm going to share with you guys what to do if you guys are ever skunked or sprayed by a skunk. If you get sprayed in the eyes, you're going to want to flush out your eyes with cold water. Uh, and very commonly, it is going to be your dog that is sprayed a lot more commonly than it is the human. And that is because they have a series of uh, defense warnings that they do. And the do uh, our dogs are not as able to tell between those two until it's that last one where they're like, I'm going to spray you if you don't go away. And we are able to distinguish those warning signs of, hey, if you don't knock it off, get away from my personal space, I'm going to spray you. So much more likely it's going to be your dog that gets sprayed than you. But in any circumstance, I've got the uh, remedy for all of you guys for whether yourselves or your pets. Um, so like I said, if you say so your eyes, you're going to flush with the cold water. If it's anywhere else on your body or just generically, you are going to want to wash the area with mildly acidic substances, such like carbolic soap or tomato juice or diluted vinegar or um, some sort of commercial preparation containing... I think that's supposed to be petroleum alpha. Um, a good home remedy is a quarter, a quart of hydrogen peroxide, a quarter cup of baking soda, and a teaspoon of liquid soap. You're going to want to mix those all together in an open container. It is going to bubble. You don't want to mix those together in a closed container because of the baking soda and the hydrogen peroxide. And it could take a couple of washes to completely get the smell out. So you might have to do that two or three times to completely get that smell off of you. What? Hi. You want to come up here? You want to do the podcast with me? <laughs> 
Never use bleach or ammonia. You got that, Kiko? Yeah, no bleach or ammonia if you get skunked. <laughs> she goes, okay, Mom. Yeah, never use bleach or ammonia on your pets. Do make sure that if your pet gets sprayed, it is pet-friendly. Um, so I would probably do the home remedy with the hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, and liquid soap. Or, shh, I'm talking. Um, or something like the tomato juice is probably going to be best for the pets. The last animal I'm going to talk about is Thumper and his sisters. When I was first looking up the rabbits that live in Maine, there were only two. There's the New England Cottontail and there's the Snowshoe Hare. So I started with the New England Cottontail. They are brown in color. They are smaller than the Snowshoe Hares. They're actually born blind and hairless and they require a considerable amount of attention during the first two weeks of their life. Uh, they were actually recently listed as a state endangered species so it is now illegal to hunt or trap these rabbits and that is because of such big loss of habitat in New England as well as down into New York. A lot of urbanization going on up there which is pretty important for these species of rabbit. Their diet uh, will change depending on the season. In the spring, it's things like the dandelions, the grass, and the new woody plant growth. In the winter, it's more so things, it's the small woody twigs from things like gray birch, red maple, apple, aspen, choke cherry, and black cherry trees. Uh, and then shrubs and vines from things like blackberries, willows, black alders, or high bush, bush blueberries. They depend on dense vegetation for their protection and shelter. These guys prefer more so deciduous vegetation. Uh, and they actually use forms and burrows made by other animals for their protection. They actually don't make their own. Their breeding season is March into late summer. They can have five bunnies per litter and can have three litters a year or each breeding season. Their predators are things like hawks, owls, dogs, cats, coyotes, foxes, weasels, mink, fishers, martens, lynx, and bobcats. These guys have a super high mortality rate. The juveniles have a 75 to 95% mortality rate a year, and then the adults have 66 to 81% mortality rate a year. So very many of them don't live much over a year old, and that's pretty important. So a lot of people have rabbits as house pets. It's pretty common, but and it's not illegal to have a rabbit as a house pet as long as you don't take it out of the wild. It's probably not condoned uh, but it is actually illegal to release rabbits back out into the wild so if you and this goes for any animal if you get an animal a dog a cat a rabbit a turtle a lizard whatever and you realize you actually cannot 
take care of the animal as well as you thought you would have been able to, please find some sort of facility that will take care of and or rehouse the animal for you. Please just don't release it back out into the wild. Um, since I do work at an aquarium, we actually do have a rescue release story or a release rescue story like that. We actually did get ding-dong ditched with a turtle. There was someone that found the turtle on the side of the road, didn't know what to do with it, saw that it was very obviously injured, um, but they couldn't take care of it. They couldn't have a pet turtle, so they, they figured that the next best thing to do was to find a facility that could take care of it, which happened to be my aquarium, which technically, yes, we could take care of it, but the only thing is it was taken right out of the wild into uh, a facility, a facility, and so we didn't know what that turtle was bringing in with it. So <clears throat> if you see an animal injured on the side of the road, please call the um, local wildlife resources that you have there and have them take care of it. And if they need to, then they will find a place to bring it into a facility. But please don't do it yourself. And please don't release any animals out into the wild either. That's not good for the wild population as well. So when I was doing the research on the rabbits, and I started with the cottontail, because I was like, oh, they're brown rabbits. So that is. And then I started thinking, I was like, Thomper is more of like a gray in color. And then his sisters are brown. And then I think his mom is white or like a gray too. So I don't know if that's just happens to be how they animated it, whether it was on purpose or not. Um, but after I thought of that, I figured Thumper might be a snowshoe hair and his sisters might meet be those New England cottontails, which would also account for the fact, um, <clears throat> like I just said, they have a really high mortality rate, and Thumper went from five sisters to four sisters within the movie progression. So then I just looked up some information on the snowshoe hair, because it actually does seem to fit more so of Thumper's description as you see him in the movie. Snowshoe hares can actually change their coloration depending on what season it is. You don't see Slumper do that. That would probably confuse the watchers if all of a sudden the character changed color. So that's probably part of the reason why we kept him a more so like gray-white color. But they are snowshoe hares are white in the winter and they are a red-brown in the summer. So a lot more so like those cottontails, which are brown in color. Uh, their hind legs are noticeably longer. They also have more fur and they have larger toes than the cottontails do. So that's another reason when I was doing this research that I thought that Thumper was a snowshoe hare and not a New England cottontail is because that's why they call him Thumper because he's thumping and he has those really big feet to be able to um, smack on the ground. They live in coniferous and boreal forest in the Rockies, Appalachians, the Pacific Northwest, the 
um, New England, Alaska, Minnesota, Michigan, and Montana. So they live pretty much all over, but they still live in New England as well with the cottontails. They like to forage among brush on plants and grasses and flowers and new tree growth. So you see uh, Thumper eating some flowers that his father told him about with eating the greens as well as the flowers. They are nocturnal. They have really acute hearing to be able to hear any predators that might come up on them. Their breeding season is spring to early summer. The gestation period is only about one month. They can have eight young per litter, and they can have up to four litters a year, which is more than the New England cottontails. So the snowshoe hares are doing a lot better out in the wild than the New England cottontails are. Uh, they are also born fully furred, so they have all of their fur on them when born, and they are already able to run and move around when they're born. So they're like primed and ready to go. <laughs> So that is all of the information about Bambi. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys learned something. I always know that I learn something new every time that I do this. Next week, I will be doing Saludos Amigos, and I will actually have Will back with me. Uh, he was on with Dumbo, so he'll be talking about that. And I hope you guys have a magical, wonderful day. And thanks. Until next time, this is Animal Kingdom Animated. Bye. I'm going to go see what my dog freaking wants. So that is the end of this podcast.